Thank you for tuning in and listening. We are delighted to welcome you to the podcast of Fiona Arrigo, founder of the award-winning Arrigo program and A Place to Heal. Fiona Arrigo is one of the foremost internationally acclaimed intuitive healers, a biodynamic psychotherapist, mentor and life teacher, and acknowledged as a leader in her field. In this episode, with the backdrop of the coronavirus impacting life all over the world, Fiona discusses bringing compassion and loving kindness in these challenging times, and how we may learn to respond to that which we seem to have no control over. So good morning everyone, and welcome in this very beautiful Easter Sunday, bright blue sky in England moment. And thank you everybody who showed up this morning. There's a number of you, I think 70 odd, again on this Easter Sunday. And it's obviously in social isolation, we're in a completely different coming together at this Easter time. Before we start, shall we, those that have, light our candles. Let's light our candle for Easter, hope, ascension, peace. And anybody you want to dedicate this time to. Any prayers you may have, personal or collective. Please offer these as you light your candle. Thank you. So I can see people have joined us this morning from Australia, Saudi, Switzerland, Jordan, France, Ireland, America, Canada, really celebrating that we can in this new technology all come together in a moment. It's it's amazing and uh, really honouring you that are in California and in Canada at this. I know it's a very early hours in the morning for you. So thank you for your commitment to turn up. So Sunday Sanctuary, which is now our third meeting, is really here where we can come together to rest to know we're not alone and to find comfort and to really be simply with each other. As normal, I'm going to talk for a while, then probably play a meditation um, or some music and then talk some more and then finish off with a contemplation. And we know that Easter Sunday, traditionally in, in, in the Christian understandings, is about, or the Easter period is about resurrection and ascension and a new dawn, a coming of a new dawn. And I've been thinking this week on about so many things and so much in a way, a part of me wants to talk about light and ascension and resurrection But my deeper self really feels pulled and wants to talk about compassion, rest and forgiveness. Of course, traditionally, this is the time of the Christos, the Christ. And for sure, I believe the planet herself is being initiated through more light that is reflecting in many clearings and purgings And within that, there is such a a restoration and resurrection happening. So I was wondering how you are all doing as we go deeper into our social isolation or social reflection, which I'm now calling it, actually. And as we enter further into this, global experience, this global pandemic. And for now, for sure, you have either known people that have 
that you know really well have died, have passed directly through this virus, or you will certainly now know people who know people that have passed. And how does this make us feel? You know, in um, last week, our Prime Minister, for those that aren't in the UK, our Prime Minister was taken into hospital with COVID. And some people were ringing me up asking me, what do I think is going to happen? And um, is he going to die? And I have to say with huge humour, you know, I don't know. I'm here to share thoughts and reflections of the heart and build as I have through my own life's work community. I'm not an oracle. Um, I'm a, a biodynamic psychologist and psychotherapist and healer and mentor and an intuitive for sure. I've been feeling um, experiences since I was five years of age. But I can only share my own reflections with no truth. But what I really want to do is to, con to communicate with all of you in a, in a togetherness and from that togetherness to share my thoughts. And so when I thought about the Prime Minister, to me, apart from the physical symptoms that he was experiencing, I thought about vulnerability and humility and developing compassion and that's so much to me also about the Christos, the Christ field. It's, you know, I don't know how much was written about his joyful ascension and his message of hope and possibility and potential and, and salvation and, and also, of course, in the Lamb of God, the tenderness of how do we, how did he, what was his message of love and humility and peace and compassion. So I was thinking again about this virus in the aspect of the, all the endless teachings that we're all getting from this about vulnerability and humility and compassion. And the fact that what we know is that no one is outside of this. Within this, all borders are breaking down on everything that we know. And this, in a back to front, inside out, upside down, incredible way, <laughs> this is a movement of incredible unity and unifying. So even though on many levels it is terrifying and vulnerable making and every root that we have has been shaken up it is also the virus of unifying and in a way there is a, a massive social alchemical process taking place and in this the virus is not separating us it is unifying us if we can continue to take the strands of offering, of, of viewing life differently, which is, of course, what is, what is happening right now. So looking at the Prime Minister, you know, in these kind of peoples that in some way we, we think life, you know, in some misunderstanding, thinking that, you know, these people can never be touched, the absolute humbling and vulnerability that it goes everywhere. And, and as I said, that it's breaking down social, human borders and showing us that everyone can be touched, whoever we are, we can be affected. And as we're all working towards, rather than react to fear, we're also following this incredible opening of togetherness as the call to help each other grows. And I think when all is said and done, when you take away money, class, colour, all this, all these frontiers of separation, 
that has been distilled in us for thousands of years, when you break us down, all we really have is each other. I think that's such a tender thought to contemplate, that all we have is each other. And how often we never realise this because we don't have time to consider life in everyday life. It, it throws, it's hard. You know, life, as much as many of us are privileged in, in choice or philosophy or job or freedom of mind or psychology or success in business, but it's also life has been very hard within all the opportunities in the constant, relentless demands of life fiercely coming towards us and us trying to keep up. And so we don't have really time to consider that all we have is each other. And what an amazing thought that is. It's kind of deep and tenderizing. I, I've been listening this week to so many people and I was I was struck by um, Helena Norberg-Hodge's comments and uh, she has made movies on the economics of happiness, ancient futures and learning from Ladakh. I was thinking about that also about how, how compassion, which is such a strong word, and, and it has so many different layers to it, compassion, in, in, in to broaden the real opening and the real teachings of compassion. But I was thinking about compassionate inquiry when I was l- reading what she was um, talking about and, and leading in. And, you know, her rights of passages grow and eat local and coming outside of all the controlled eating worldwide supermarkets and, you know, stepping away from all the foods in the tins and in the plastics and really supporting local, which we know that there's been a movement of for time. But I wondered about that compassionate act of supporting local and supporting ourselves not to eat and shop in a way that was convenient shopping, but to compassionately eat in a way that nourishes us and is living in respect with the land and with the farmers and right relationship to money and food. And what would it mean to really reclaim our power to eat and grow? There's something so honest, isn't there, about growing a potato and then eating it and just, you know, thinking about what would our, our world be like if we all had little plots of land. I know this isn't possible for many people, but just somehow in, in some small places, just beginning to become compassionately self-sufficient or living elegantly with grace, with, you know, if you don't, you don't have to have potatoes, apples, lemons, carrots, tomatoes, always in our fridge or on our hand. What would it be like to compassionately come back into these cycles? So I've, I've just been pondering on these things as these veils each week, more and more veils are lifted and, and we can see more and more because we are in this moment of Mother Nature's reflection room and getting to think how, what would it be like to introduce a compassionate way of living as a new form of currency? You know, I was talking to my son and thinking, you know, at his age group, he's 34, you know, how does he come out into the world after this? And what kind of economy are the young going to have after this? And how can we have a compassionate currency, an abundant currency, where we exchange and uh, swap our gifts and talents and, and work together for the good of all, 
in in in, in this doesn't have to be a huge movement because everything needs to start small. If we go to big, we'll get overwhelmed and we'll never get out of bed. It's impossible. But if perhaps this week and this Easter week, we could consider what is it like to live a compassionate life to myself and to others? Hmm. I've also been thinking this week, you know, as so many teachings and offerings have been coming up on the internet and I've also been thinking about our vulnerability in that you know that there's so much choice coming in so many opinions so many offerings so many inner yeah offerings which is in one way amazing but in another way exhausting you know, I've been listening to things that people have been sending me about the new DNA and new portals that are opening and people talking about the great emptiness and so many beautiful teachings on pure view, deep breath, a new dawn and ascension, a, a this all this rising up. And somehow in my own life, I felt that I've just wanted to go quiet underneath all this to kind of recover my own simple state, my own simple mind as a radical act of self-compassion and surrender also the human part of me where I, of course, feel, you know, that I'm not good enough, I don't know enough, I'm not accomplished enough, um, everybody knows more and all those little emotional orphans that come up in my own psyche of less my invitation to this week as I've come into Easter is just to allow myself to go quiet and still and simple. Just quiet and still and simple to kind of, as the noise on the street stop, how how far in can I go to myself to be restful, quiet and simple? And I was thinking of that as an act of compassion. So this week, I would love us to come away from all the choices and all the demands that is in our world right now. And to really nurture this aspect of self-compassion for the self. To all the parts that do not know, all the places inside us that are confused, all the places that have been trying their best and can be exhausted, all the places that have to hold up, all the places that cannot hold up. Just let every part be welcome. And let us in this great outbreath just rest from anything we have to achieve. Nowhere to go, nothing to do. Just for a moment, just to take all this, everything off us, everything off us, and just come back to the simplicity of yourself, of letting yourself off, having to learn, do, understand, grow, just to compassionately relieve some tension. One thing we know for sure is the world needs love. We need love, it's fundamental. And so with that understanding, if we kind of widen that a little bit so that we ourselves can experience a, a direct relationship with love. If love also, in a way, to me is neutral, it's not emotional love. Love itself is neutral. And I think when we come into deeper self-acceptance and deeper self-forgiveness without 
any kind of self-blame or self-judgment that is going to hurt you. It's really good for you. It's really good for me not to hurt ourselves. It's so um, simple and yet it's so deep. If we really begin to consider not hurting or harming ourselves, to really choose this in the foremost of our day as we come into a potential of new world, can we start a new world with not hurting or harming ourselves? We know that all our external situations is a reflection of our state of mind. How we act, how we speak, the choices we make. Being compassionate enough with ourselves to give ourselves that moment, that breath. You know, we don't. We're just not programmed to do this. And what we do know is COVID-19 is giving us a personal chance to reset. And so I wonder, in this reset, if we can really consider ourselves enough to become, to act in loving kindness. Because as we gather ourselves in compassion, as we gather ourselves in love, as we gather ourselves in kindness, as it is, so it will be out into the world. So we have to, have to learn to think and feel about ourselves differently. In the holographic world, we all have a refugee inside. We all have a terrorist inside. We all have... Um, an angry manipulative. We have it all inside. And I think the beauty of these deeper teachings, the old Buddhist teachings, is that if we work with every thought that comes up and meet it in loving kindness, self-acceptance and compassion, to dissolve the attachment of the pain, the hurt, the guilt, the shame, the fear, and really consider ourselves as the rising up of the new human that is so deeply committed to not harming or hurting yourself, myself. If we took that in the beginning of our day, middle of our day, end of our day, what kind of shifts and choices naturally, without a lot of mental dialogue having to go with this, how much more kindness would there be in the world? And so the aspects of anger and attachment and grasping and envy and jealousy and arrogance, all these things that are the unprocessed little beings inside of ourselves, if we start to really give space to that in a really loving way, to start to give really deep understanding to that in a really loving way. Again, we know negative thoughts disturb the mind. And what we want is kinder, more gentler, more spacious, more expansive. This is all the light work in our minds so that we can breathe and tolerate and accept more of life. So it would seem that we are in a holy moment, you know, in this Easter week, but also a moment of such deep reflection, which continues where we really are seeing the birth of a new a newer, more different aspect of our new human beingness. So it makes sense to cultivate 
kinder, less harmful ways to the self and to begin to take stock of how harshly we have treated ourselves in the world, even though it may look very advantaged, the harshness that we have approached our days of push and pull and create and deadlines and finding the space to compassionately inquire to find a kinder way to be with yourselves. And looking, you know, in, in Buddhism, looking at the noble ways, the noble path of good deeds, also as an action for ourselves and thus into the world. How we can become peaceful and a word that, you know, I'm thinking about a lot and I will continue, you know, you've heard me talk over the last two to three weeks about really deep spiritual rest. My, well, and we're going to be in that birth canal for a long time to recover from our behaviours through the centuries, from the, our behaviours through this century, through the, our behaviours through the last century. But really... Also, I'm really in, I'm enjoying this word to settle, to allow ourselves to ground and settle and make up our own minds and find out what's right and wrong and what you can do and what you can't do and what your energy can do and what it can't do and how this leads us to peace, collecting all the various discarded, fragmented aspects of ourselves and really choosing because we're choosing not to harm ourselves the cultivation of good thoughts kindness generosity wishing well for others being happy for others now we have time to really begin to cultivate so in a way we need to invoke the mother inside of us to look after ourselves, our minds, our hearts, our bodies and to make kinder, compassionate choices. I think a lovely reflection for this week is, until we meet again next week, is what do we give our minds to and what would it feel like to be kind, tender to the self? making friends with our minds, making friends with our hearts, which really is about noticing. This is such an amazing word to notice and to tend. It's such an incredible language of the soul. And so as we tend to ourselves, as we notice ourselves, as we look after ourselves, this gives us a more integrated view to look out into the world compassionately with. The world herself has created a massive pause button for us. And so let's together find ways to be more simple within the ferocious demands of uh, a hungry mother that we can never satisfy. And really let ourselves settle into living elegantly and simply with ourselves. And just let our ragged minds rest. Let the deconstruction of everything we have to do rest. Let ourselves become spacious, become generous with ourselves and rest and settle to seek refuge, to rest. A couple of years ago, I went to the bridge and worked with the very brilliant Donna Lancaster and she introduced the concept of emotional orphans to me and this has stayed with me and I've often thought, you know, of world peace really is the collecting of all the pieces within ourselves so that we're not projecting them out into the world. And my own version of United Nations is all those abandoned emotional orphans that either we didn't know was there, either we could see but we didn't want to connect to and 
We've all done so much work over the years of collecting the shadows. But I often think of these emotional orphans of like little children that are looking in at the most wondrous Christmas room that is filled with conversation and food and happiness and joy. You open the curtains and there are all these little emotional orphans outside. Their little noses pressed against the windows. The orphan of loneliness, the orphan of sadness, the orphan of anger, the orphan of low self-esteem, the orphan of overwhelm, the orphan of I can't keep up, the orphan of I'm not good enough, the orphan of somebody else has got it. All these beautiful orphans who are food for the heart need really to be integrated back into our heart. And so we can take our emotional orphans by the hand and look out into the world with holding the hands of these orphans, knowing that they're inside us and they're inside the world, but they're no longer troublesome. They're no longer fighting us. They're no longer fighting for attention. Everything in this path, which is in a way the feminine walk, the beauteous path, is one of inclusion and cooperation. But somehow trying to find a place that it's not so effortful, that we don't have to batter our heads and our psyche into becoming better human beings. It's something, again, about doing this with elegant graciousness, to be light, to be able to see, to be able to understand, to be able to forgive, to accept. Deep, deep acceptance of all parts of the self. So things naturally come to rest. So the mind naturally comes to rest underneath the tidal waves of the bombardment of what is known as the endless sea of samsara. That we rest, that we rest. And radical self-compassion, radical loving-kindness, radical self-acceptance is such a major healer for ourselves and for the world. As we forgive ourselves, we can forgive another because we understand the very nature. And when we've understood the very nature, we can go deeper, deeper, deeper to understand the nature. doesn't even need understanding. But the first parts of our fragmented selves is we need this deep, compassionate, loving kindness to welcome all parts of ourselves home. The broken hearts, the broken dreams, the grief, the judger, the superior, the I know better, I'm going to punish you, I'm going to withdraw, I'm going to hurt you, whatever's playing out, all it needs, all life needs is attention to be seen, patience, understanding and to settle. And then sit back and watch the miracle. We have been absent of deep tenderness to the self. We have been in a planet of so much push to do, to strive. And I've said often before, you know, we've followed the God of avarice, of living outside, and that if we gain and attain, we will be happy. And now we're in the great cycle of return to come deep within ourselves to realize again and again and again, this will not bring happiness. It's the meeting in the cycle of, of, of time has changed. And as we sit in Mother Nature's waiting room over this Easter weekend, I wonder if we can really for one minute stop the noise and go even more deeply and coming into just some reverent, loving, simple simplicity of nothing to att attain, just be as you are and rest. And to take that practice into your day as many times as you can. It doesn't have to be a huge meditation and mantras and tapping and EFT and releasing and breathing. Just, and it can be, of course it can be, all that is, of course, but just the simplicity to come beyond and into this where you can just rest and be simple with yourself 
in loving kindness and embrace yourself and welcome yourself home. Letting go of the list of everything we must do, dance, sing, write, breathe, write a journal, regulate, co-regulate, open portals, close portals, expand the field, create boundaries, drink green juice, have sprouts, <laughs> boost your immune system. It, it, it's all right in right relationship, which we're going to talk about as the weeks go by, coming into right relationship. But just in the, in the beginnings of these questions that are arising for us all, for all of us that have been on the path for many, many years and people that are just stepping into the path, as, I, as we all say, COVID is, is breaking down the boundaries. So we're all beginning anew we're all, because we're all doing this together. So all the work that we've done independently now comes into another round where we're doing it for the group. And, and, and so how can we be soft, simple, gracious, loving, kind, compassionate, appreciative beings, just beginning to even take that first reflection? Because nothing has been here to nurture that. Again, I go back to we've been pushed into a push mechanism of looking out. And now the great return is looking within. You know, I've been thinking this week about how myself, I've often longed to go on such a long retreat or to go into the cave. And I've been thinking in my own life how often that represents a symbolic refuge. But I see now, I am, the gift is that I am in a global retreat with the world and yet silent in my own home. So in retreat, what do we do? We contemplate, we think, we look at our mind, we empty, we deconstruct. And here we all are in one shape or another with all the realities that we share in this amazing moment of global retreat. So if, I think for this week, this contemplation, if in any way you are feeling overwhelmed, too much coming at you, with all the mothers out there trying to keep your children happy, with all the people trying to keep ends meeting, with everything that's going on. Shall we just try and stop together three or four times a day just to simply stop and be simple and be steady and just come home to yourself and just be and hold that state as you then gather it to go into the next moment of something to do. But keep returning to the seeking, the cultivation of something sweet and tender and steady. Somebody sent me this quote um, this week saying something magnificent is happening Sit tight and savour what you can. And again, I wondered what the luxurious quality of savouring is. And when I talk about the luxurious quality, it's like as time is slowing down in the demands for some of us, because we are taking global retreats seriously, mentally we can afford to do it or Emotionally, we can afford to do it, or financially, we can afford to do it, or spiritually, we can afford to do it. We're taking this moment to globally retreat, and thus we can begin to consider other qualities of the self that normally, in the busyness of our days, don't get a look in. And again, that, that word savour, to really feel and experience and... Um, mm, 
what tenderize the experience of savoring something is just really delightful. I I love to play with words and you know take individual words as meditation. So I just offer that to you, you know, to think about. Something magnificent is happening. Sit tight and savor what you can. And so in that compassion and simplicity to turn our minds away from everything and just be you, with no demand on you to meditate correctly or breathe correctly, do anything correctly. Just let that melt and fall away and just hang out in savoring, tenderness, forgiveness, acceptance, kindness to the self. And know that these are parts that you're stoking and rebuilding and noticing to notice, to tend, to grow. To notice, to tend, to grow. These are all seeds for the soul. And where with these seedings, you naturally turn your attention in and a deeper layer comes forward to be in the world with others. And this is the new currency the compassionate currency for living that I believe we are going to need going forward. It, it's not a complicated thing. It's a simple thing. It's deconstructing and getting back to something that is always been here and will always be there. It's part of our intrinsic nature. I read this beautiful, beautiful um, writing from... I think it was an Italian magazine that posted it on Instagram, which I'm going to read you in a minute. And it really emphasised for me, again, compassion to the virus and the virus and the alchemical process that life itself, there is always with its, 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 its turning, you know, the path of the mud to, to the lotus, that the... Um, coal to the diamond. We are constantly alchemists in a journey of inner transformation, of taking something base into beauty, into expansion. This is the walk of the beauteous path. And I noticed on Easter Saturday when time had stood still and I was doing what I'm talking to you about, as I've said, I can only ever bring my own reflections to you, and I was looking as I slowed down and tended and noticed and savoured and took time. And I suddenly looked out of the window and I saw the beautiful men collecting the rubbish. And I felt such gratitude and such appreciation. These are um, like medicines along the nadis along the meridians to experience appreciation and gratitude and 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 that I'd never noticed before in my busy get out of the house on Saturday get into a car go and see a client get some shopping come home and cook lunch syndrome I'd never taken the time to notice what somebody else was doing for me and again I really believe with my heart that if I notice you and you notice me, that some part of us can rest because we're seen and understood. I started to listen as well to all the things that are going on in our world. You, you'll have your own list, but you know how these gentle souls were out on the balconies playing music for passers-by, how Nurses and care workers were dancing for the old and elderly that were restricted on the inside of the homes. Where Japan sent food to China free at no cost. And that, that this kind of global offering to repair relationships for all our relations, for our sisters and our brothers, and the most important, but not in obviously a selfish way to repair the psyche, these emotional orphans, drown them with love, drown them with self-forgiveness, drown them with understanding, drown them with compassion. So the system, the nervous system can rest 
and be and and have this elegant simplicity playing through your body that has released the jarring and the jangling and the <gasps> caught breath of stress and just to 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 start to to unwind this so that we can become peaceful walkers on our earth and develop new currencies for living. When all has been said and done and undone and deconstructed and taken apart, the deepest, deepest, deepest truth is we have each other. And the deepest, deepest, deepest truth is you have you. And this is the great cycle of return to notice, to see, to settle, to tend, to be loving, to be kind. So your nervous systems can settle back into yourself. And all the shocks and the traumas of which there are endless can start to reintegrate through all the atoms in through your body and just start to settle. So I send you big love and thank you again for showing up on Easter Sunday morning. And I'm going to read this poem to you. And then as usual, uh, it's not or writing to you. And then as usual, we'll finish with um, a, 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 some music and then a contemplation about where you are or what you'd like to share. Thank you. So, I read this on Instagram and just wanted to share it with those that haven't read it. And it was a letter written by somebody who remained anonymous on the voice of Corona from another perspective. And it goes like this. I am COVID-19. Many of you know me as coronavirus. Yes, it's really me. Sorry I didn't announce myself, but I wasn't told when I would arrive and in what shape and force that I would present myself to you. Why am I here? Well, let's say that I am tired of watching your degradation instead of your evolution. I was tired of watching you destroying yourself with your own hands. I was tired of how you are treating our planet. I was tired to see, see how you treat each other. I was tired of your abuses, of your violence. I was tired of our wars and your interpersonal conflicts and of your prejudices. I was tired of your social envy, your greed, your hypocrisy and selfishness. I was tired of the little time you dedicate to yourselves and to your families. I was tired of the very little attention you give to your kids. I was tired of the superficiality. I was tired of the importance that you often gave to superficial things and not to the essential ones. I was tired of your obsessive research for the best dress or the latest model of smartphone and the most beautiful car, just to look accomplished to others. I was tired of your betrayals. I was tired of your disinformation. I was tired of the little time you spend communicating with others. I was really tired of your constant complaining when you are doing nothing to improve your lives. I was tired to seeing you fight over silly reasons. I was tired of the constant brawls amongst those who govern you and the often poor choices made by those whom are supposed to represent you. I was tired of seeing people injuring and killing each other over a soccer game. I know it will be hard on you, maybe too much, but don't look at anyone. I am a virus. My action will cost your lives. But I want you to understand once and for all that you have to change the path for your own good. The message that I want to convey is simple. I wanted to highlight all the limits of society that you live in 
so that you can eliminate them. I purposely stopped everything to make you understand that from now on, the most important thing that you have to focus all of your energy on is simply one life, yours and the ones of your kids. And what's necessary to protect it, to hold it and to share it. I wanted you to look at your home as much as possible, isolated, far away from your parents, grandparents and grandchildren, so that you can understand what's really important. A hug, the human contact, the dialogue, a handshake, a night out with friends, a walk in town, a dinner at a restaurant, to run in the park in fresh air. From these gestures, everything has to restart. You are all the same. There is no distinctions amongst you. I proved that distances don't exist. I traveled miles and miles without even noticing. I am just passing through, but the feeling of unity and collaboration I created amongst you in a short time should last you for an eternity. Live your lives as simple as possible. Walk, take deep breaths, do good for others because good deeds will come back to you with interest. Enjoy nature, do what you like and what makes you content. Create for yourselves the conditions in which you don't have to depend on anything. When you will celebrate, I will be gone. But remember not to be a better person just in my presence. Goodbye. I just think this is so beautiful and so simple. Thank you. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If you enjoyed this episode, please do comment, like, subscribe and share so that we can collectively assist more people in these times. And for further information, social links and resources, please visit www.theorigoprogram.com Until the next episode, be well and look after yourself. Sending you our blessings. Goodbye for now.